0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Game day edition of the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio in Lexington. As the Cats are in Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Vols. Uh, Mike Pratt and I will be heading that way after the show today. Uh, Late tip, 9 Eastern time down in Knoxville where Tennessee is a one-point favorite. We'll talk about it with Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com and YourSportsEdge.com and Chris Torch from the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. Wildcat news of the day is the service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Kentucky's number four. Tennessee is number 16. Cats won in Lexington 107-79, shooting almost 68% from the field. When we talk about three-point shooting, and Tennessee is second in the league in terms of the number of threes that it has made on the season, 216. When you face a team that shoots a lot of threes, you either have to hold them below their average or make close to as many as they do to avoid that big disparity that can be a big problem. Um, that's where you can really get hurt at the three-point line. It's If the other guy makes ten but you make eight, you're okay. If the other guy makes ten, you make two. That's a lot of points to have to make up. So in Lexington, both teams made 11. Now when Kentucky played Alabama... The uh, Cats held Bama to 3 of 30. So they've done it uh, both ways, but uh, that's one of the things to watch tonight is if there's a disparity in three-point baskets. Uh, Tennessee's been playing well. Since the loss to Kentucky, they've won 7 of 8. The only loss was a one-pointer down at Texas in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. So they're one basket away from winning eight straight. Been scoring more, up to about 80 a game. They were struggling a bit offensively when they came here, and as Cal has pointed out, Tennessee uh, got right offensively, even in a lopsided loss. They shot the ball uh, better than they had been shooting it to that point, and uh, they have continued to shoot it pretty well. Uh, Washington and Wheeler were outstanding in the game in Lexington. The two guards combined for forty-nine points, thirteen assists, and only five turnovers. And it's the Tennessee team that is top ten in the country in forcing turnovers. But Kentucky only had twelve as a team. Now. We don't know the status of Ty-Ty Washington yet. Um, we'll talk with Cal about that on the pregame show tonight. I think the expectation is he uh, probably won't play, given that uh, he was injured on Saturday. But uh, we don't uh, know that. The first thought, I think, was that it was a more serious injury than subsequent reporting has suggested that it is. So, again, it's we don't have any facts yet, so we'll see uh, the status of Ty-Ty and of uh, Jacob Toppin Uh, who played really well down there last year when Kentucky won in Tennessee. In fact, Kentucky is going for three straight wins in Knoxville. Tennessee has outperformed the norm in Lexington in recent years, and Kentucky has outperformed uh, its historical numbers in Knoxville, winning in the last two. The last time Kentucky won three in a row, you have to go back to 2006. Top five Kentucky teams, only five and four in Knoxville and four Kentucky teams that made it to a final four all lost in Knoxville. So it is I'm not telling you anything you don't know if you're a Kentucky fan. It is a uh, it's been a tough place to win for a long time and the crowd will be jacked up. Tennessee players will have a chip on their shoulder for the way they got beat in Lexington. So if Kentucky can get this one that's going to make a a really Strong case to solidify a number one seed. Right now, Joe Lunardi projects Kentucky as one of the four ones, being in the uh, Philadelphia region in the east is where he has them projected. Uh, Kentucky is number four in the new AP poll, number three in the coaches poll. Rick Pitino tweeted out yesterday, quote, it's the best Kentucky team I've watched in years. They defend, unselfish, shoot, and fundamentally sound. And uh, Oscar Shibway, named co-SEC Player of the Week, with Walker Kessler of Auburn. It's the second time, I believe, Oscar has won that award this season. And uh, kind of a little quirk both times, he uh, shared the award with Walker Kessler. Um, Oscar, I think, uh, only had nine points but 12 rebounds when Kentucky played Tennessee here in Lexington. So uh, the Vols did a nice job on him in that game, but the guards picked up the slack. And that's the thing for this Kentucky team is they have so many ways to beat you it's not just you take one thing away they can uh, beat you with something else story that you'll be uh, hearing about if you haven't already uh pad 40 and dan wetzel at and uh, si.com have uh, combined on a story in which they talked on a podcast with uh, merle code he's a former adidas and nike executive who has a new book coming out just before he heads off to prison and he alleges, among other things, that he gave uh, Anthony Davis's family ten thousand dollars during the twenty twelve season, and uh, he claims that he got help from a former school employee. And there are other revelations in the book about um, Zion Williamson's time at Duke and payments that his family received. And uh, he claims that Rick Pitino did indeed know about the pay, uh, the uh, payments to Brian Bowen and his family. So. Let's undertake it for what it's worth, but it is out there, and you're going to be uh, no doubt hearing about it. Twelve past the top of the hour. It's the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, and our Wildcat News of the Day is presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Last night, Valentine's Day but there are other special occasions coming up, and there's no better place to celebrate them than Giuseppe's. Birthdays, anniversaries, they have a a private room that you can have large groups in at Giuseppe's. Give them a call or go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com. You can get gift cards if you need a gift for somebody who's hard to buy for. It's a wonderful dining experience with live jazz music every night at Giuseppe's of Lexington. We're heading to a break. Larry Vought will join us when we come right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. 16 past the top of the hour. It is The Leach Report. The uh, stories we talk about in that opening segment each day, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Larry Vaught joins us from beautiful Myrtle Beach,
1: right, Larry? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it, Tom.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a, any, where there's a beach. There's not much that's not pretty usually.
1: <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's, that's, my, that's my philosophy. It's, not, uh, <laughs> it's not, 90, not 90 degrees during the day here, but it's, it's plenty warm and sunshine, and so it's nice.
0: Good for you. Uh, well, uh, I'm sure you'll try to find a way to watch the game. I saw you tweeting the other day. Did you ever find a way to watch the game?
1: Yeah, finally got some, some things worked out here at the resort. They had changed packages on the cable recently, and uh, it was a struggle. But everything's worked out, so it'll be fine for tonight, yes.
0: Uh, so what's uh, what's your take on this? Because Kentucky won uh, convincingly, to say the least, in Lexington, but uh, it uh, feels like this will be about 100 times tougher in Knoxville.
1: Yeah, even though when you look back and you think if you're Tennessee and you tell me that I'm going to go on the road, I'm going to shoot 53% in Rupp Arena, I'm going to hit 11 three-point shots, and with the way our team are saying Tennessee normally plays defense, you got to think you're going to win that game. I'm sure you can't imagine you're going to lose it by 28 points with those numbers like that, so I think it goes back a little bit to what Rick Barnes was talking about yesterday. It wasn't so much what Tennessee did, other than the turnovers, which they certainly contributed, but it was just that Kentucky, phenomenal is a word he used that day, and as, and as good as Kentucky was at, at Kansas, I think Kentucky was even better against Tennessee that day, but tonight, flip the script, you go to Knoxville, I, I still don't know what the status of Ty-Ty is, I'm going to guess he's not going to play tonight, so yeah, I think it's going to be a much more difficult game, and a game that's really... Pretty big for for both teams because if, if Tennessee wins this game, they've still got a shot at being, I think, second in the SEC and really boosting their resume. And if Kentucky wins this game, I think their case for being a number one seed is pretty maybe solidified.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that uh, on that because I think Kentucky's an underdog tonight by one. It, this point, probably might be about a similar situation out at Arkansas. The other games, they'll be favored in. So if you think they win the games that they're favored in, if they split the two in which they'd be an underdog, I think that would be enough to get them to the one line.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And, again, Kentucky's playing well. Defense has really been there every game. They just have so much versatility. And I think they'll find a way to win. I think it's it's going to be a really difficult game, but I think it seems like this team kind of enjoys that setting. They've grown to where they enjoy that situation. And so, again, without knowing exactly what Ty-Ty is going to do or not do, but still, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch and one that if Kentucky wins, they can pat themselves on the back.
0: They first, I think, got really potent offensively, what we saw uh, you know, the week after the Notre Dame loss out in Vegas against North Carolina, but you mentioned that the defense that seems to be uh, really improving significantly in recent weeks. Uh, uh, Jack Evans talked about that yesterday, and uh, they're up to number twelve in in defensive efficiency and uh, Ken Pomeroy's numbers. Um, so, there it seems to be a team that you know that they don't have you know the uh, you know roster full of top. 15 draft picks, but they also are a team that doesn't have uh, many holes that you can find.
1: Yeah, and it, it's also really nice. That it seems like whatever buttons or inspirations John has to bring somebody off the bench, that it's, it seems to just work better and better. I mean, Lance Ware has become, uh, going from a guy that you wondered if he would be in the top 10 in the rotation to where he's a pretty valuable guy when he comes in for his six, seven, nine minutes a game or whatever it is it understands his role and has become really, really good. I mean, I think Keon wasn't at his best his last game, but overall he's contributed what he needs to. Now if they can get J- Jacob Toppin, it's another one. I don't know for sure if he's going to play tonight, but I'm assuming he will. But you just, you just get healthy and you get these guys doing what they do. I mean, Grady's become such a dependable guy for you it's it's just no glaring weakness and they all just do what they do and do it well and smile and have a good time while they're doing it and I, it's just a really fun team to watch especially after what the team went through last year it's such a contrast this year i think that's why kentucky fans have embraced this team so so much
0: ultimately it'll uh the the level of uh, where this team ranks with fans will will be related to that how they they finish out the season, but uh, if they make the the kind of deep run that people are hoping for, uh, this is going to to go down as, as uh, one of the the favorite Kentucky teams because I think of the timing, as you said, you know, coming on the heels of, of one of the worst years, and then just uh, you know, there's there's guys led by Oscar Sheebay that uh, uh, the fans really seem to connect with. It's a, just I think because the team enjoys playing so much and seems to enjoy playing together.
1: Yeah, they do. I talked to a fan who was one of the 200 or so in line to get Oscars autograph after the game <laughs> Saturday, or Saturday. And what I didn't realize is that they have two or three other guys come out every game that are doing the same thing for, for fans. And she just talked about how nice it was and how friendly they were and, and how you just can't wait to be around these guys and to watch them play, and I think that's the case that I mean, everywhere you go, people are just talking about how much they enjoy, how much they like. A lot of people have a different favorite. I mean, I think Oscar is everybody's favorite, but a lot of other people have a different favorite player, and it's just nice to see all of that. And, and I don't know about you, Tom, but I, I don't—I can't remember a time where in, in, in pre- or post-game interviews or, or, or radio interviews with Mike Prep, it seems like every player says the right thing every time.
0: Yes, I agree. I have an idea for a poster uh, that I bet you think would be popular. You get Oscar Shebue and Oscar Combs, Kentucky's two legendary Oscars,
1: or tied yeah.
0: somehow into the into the Oscar awards or something.
1: <laughs> I I think that would be outstanding. I think that would be two very likable and, and lovable Oscars together. I think it's a good. You ought to just go ahead and market that, Dom. There
2: we go.
0: 23 past the time of the hour. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Larry Vaught's with us. It's the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. So you uh, went out for Valentine's Day last night, got a rich, fancy meal. Now you need a nice, hearty breakfast to get your day going. You can get that at Wild Eggs. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Really just sick to my stomach, but credit to them. They played a really good game. Um, but yeah, I was just, um, it was tough. But I feel like since then, we, we really, really um, have come a long way. Um, we,
2: I feel like the team that we have now is night and day um, compared to the team then. And I think that we've grown a lot of aspects and gotten a lot better since that game.
0: That was Josiah Jordan-James of Tennessee at a press session yesterday talking about the first game in Lexington and now the Vols' uh, readiness coming in to this one. Um, This will be, you know, there are times, Larry, when there have been a healthy number of Kentucky fans in that building. I I wouldn't imagine there would be a whole lot of them tonight.
1: No, it seems like Tennessee's had, I think, Four or five crowds in a row of twenty thousand or more, and they really seem to be packing in there to support the ball. So I think there'll be some blue in there, but not like some years when you've been there. Some of the years that I've been there, and it seems like fifty percent of the crowd was oh, yeah. Kentucky fans. I don't, I don't think we'll see that, and especially I feel like a nine o'clock game kind of limits that number of Kentucky fans turning out for the game too.
0: Yeah, that's that's a uh, fair point. Makes it uh, late to get back, unless you're a Kentucky fan that's maybe living in Knoxville. The game in Lexington, uh, it was the guards that carried the day. Oscar Sheboy only had uh, nine points in the game. He was four of eight from the field, um, and so Tennessee did a uh, pretty good job on Oscar in that game, but... He's coming off a big game on Saturday, and uh, you have a story at com and YourSportsEdge.com about some advice he got from his mom, right?
1: Yeah, about just kind of relaxing, be free, and just, just play, and when he got a chance to go home and, and see her, and and how that kind of helped him just kind of free his free his mind up, even though it, it seems like Anything Oscar says and does turns out right, right now. So, but again, it's still kind of hard when you stop and think about leaving home, being away from family like he has for so long, briefly getting to see him and then come back, and then to still have that disposition and outlook on life that, that he does. It's just fun to watch him play and, and, and all. And it, it seems like some games you look up after eight or nine minutes, he only has three rebounds or something, you think, well, this is finally going to be the game. Somebody's going to keep you off the boards, and the game ends, and he has 13, 14, 15. He just never quits playing. I think he just wears teams out as the game goes on, trying to put a body on him, run up and down the court with him. I think he just makes other teams just fatigue when it gets to late in the second half.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, because they're sending two and three guys at him sometimes to block him out.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't matter. He just keeps doing what he does. I mean, that's and, like I say, if you play with him, it has to make everything about the game so much easier for you. Or then, like, if you are Keon and you don't quite have as big a game as what you've been having, maybe it's because Oscar just dominated and they paid more attention to, to Keon. And that just opened it up even more for Oscar to dominate like what he did the last game. Absolutely.
0: Larry, thank you, as always. Uh, we will uh, read you at vaultsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com. Talk to you next week.
1: All right. Sounds good, Tom.
0: Safe travels. Larry Vellett joins us on Tuesdays here on the Leach Report. As uh, we are hitting the midway point, we are coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops all across the bluegrass. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. It's Delish Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Chris Storch joins us from the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, and uh, based in the great state of Tennessee, so we'll see him tonight in Knoxville for Kentucky and the Volunteers. And uh, Chris, I would expect the game will be a lot closer than the one in Lexington. Would you agree?
2: I definitely think so. It's funny in the Rick Barnes era, this series has been a lot more competitive than it than it had been in previous years, and they've usually split. So I'm not saying I expect that, but I do think it'll be more competitive. I think Kentucky really set the pace early up there with their defense, and I don't think I honestly don't think Tennessee was equipped to handle it. Uh I do think that that game and the subsequent viewings of it on tape has made Tennessee a better team, And I think Kentucky has, has kept rolling. So I look forward to be a, uh, a, a tightly contested game and I you know it's going to be packed. Uh, I've only been a couple of times up there this year. The, the, the most recent was in December when they beat Arizona and They had 21,000 there, so I would expect that tonight.
0: Tennessee is a a team that gets a a good number of points at the free-throw line, particularly with their their guards. Their uh, guards are their uh, three most uh, prolific free-throw shooters in terms of attempts. They get uh, 21 attempts per game at the line. They shot 31 at home Saturday against Vanderbilt. And I say all that because Kentucky could be shorthanded if they don't have Washington, if they don't have Toppin. We don't know the status of those two guys yet. But if they were to not have either of them, uh, Kentucky, you know, somebody would have to be coming off that bench uh, against a team that usually draws a lot of fouls. Kentucky would have to go deeper into that bench and find somebody to do something they haven't been doing.
2: Yeah, Tennessee is in a similar uh, situation, Tom. Uh, They lost Olivier Kamwa, and he was a starter. I will say this about that. If there was a position that they could afford to lose, it it was his, because they had a couple of five-star freshmen sitting on the bench, Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Jonas uh, Adu, and um, they're both, I don't know, 6'10 to seven feet do is an excellent shot blocker. So now they've got really 20 fouls in the post. So I, I think they'll – I don't know that, that you can contain the big O, uh, Oscar Sheway, but uh, maybe they can slow him down a little bit. And, and you're right uh, with the guards. Rick Barnes really kind of took a chance. I, I think it was because he just wanted to put his best players on the floor. But he, he puts a small – but lightning-quick backcourt out there with the freshman uh, Zakai Ziegler joining the freshman Kennedy Chandler. And in the last three weeks, it's crazy. Kennedy Chandler was the number one point guard in last year's high school class, but Zakai Ziegler has played as well or better. Uh week before last, he was the SEC freshman of the week. He's been shooting the ball really well from three, and I think he, he missed a couple of free throws the other day, but he was leading the league. In SEC games only in free throw percentage. So yeah, those three little guards, uh, well, San Diego Vescovi is the other. He's not so little, six three or so, but those three guards have played a lot together and they've really been able to control tempo and been able to close out games at the end. They've won six in a row, lost to Texas by a point, uh, really on a, in a game they should have won, uh, Kamwa Falda. Uh, a desperation three-shooter at the halftime buzzer, and they got two points out of that and then end up losing by one. So that that really hurt them. But they've, they've really built some momentum since Kentucky just totally waxed them.
0: And, you know, with the two freshman guards, uh, Viscovi now is, you know, and Cal has played three-point guards before as, as well, but Viscovi's freed up to be more of just uh, a shooting on the wing, right?
2: Yeah, uh he he has and the thing about him is uh you know he he's I wouldn't say he's limited in what he can do offensively but the best thing he does is shoot the three and everybody knows it's coming. I think he's leading the league in in, in SEC games only in threes per game and yet he still finds a way to get three or four every game. Somebody <clears throat> logged it. Uh, they said he runs five miles every game uh, just moving without the ball and trying to get himself open. He's got a killer pump fake. Uh, and instead of going straight up after he pump fakes, he, he takes a step to the left or right, and he gets separation. And usually when, when he gets that total separation, he, he knocks it down. So, yeah, he, he has handled the ball some, and I think he's second on the team in assists. But he's still been freed to, to do what he does best, and that's knock down that three ball. Uh,
0: the guards were the difference for Kentucky in the game in Lexington. Um, Washington had 28. Wheeler had 21. Oscar only had nine points in the game. So they did a, a nice uh, job on on uh, Oscar. So, And as you said, they've got bodies that they can continue to, to just keep sending in there at him.
2: Yeah, the, the two freshmen. I mean, these are five-star freshmen that couldn't see the light of day. Um, Tennessee's got a deeper roster than people think. And uh, the reason I, I think that that Coach Barnes hadn't used those kids, they just weren't ready from what he considers to be a toughness standpoint. I mean, if you're going to play against grown men like Oscar Shebway, you've got to man up. And now the, these two kids, Brandon Huntley, Hatfield, and Jonas ado they They've had to come in and play, and they've actually started to gain some confidence. Both of them can shoot from the mid-range, and Huntley Hadfield looks like he was sculpted from granite. He he just doesn't use that. And the other kid is seven feet with a seven-two wingspan, and he's a natural shot blocker. So, to me, if these kids continue to evolve, uh, they can. Tennessee has a bigger upside, I think, than than you might think. Commonwealth certainly they miss him he was an inside outside guy and he was really starting to get the hang of of the defense which Tennessee has kind of that's been their calling card all year but I think they've still got Rick plays 10 or 11 people not all of them play double figure minutes but yeah they can wear down wear you down defensively and now they're starting to play. With a little more purpose offensively, I think at, at the time you saw them, uh, they were relying on the three ball, and now they're you know pump faking, getting to the mid range, trying to get to the rim, and as you said, getting some more free throws, starting to make a few of them. They weren't the best free throw shooting team in the league by any means. So you know, out of adversity, uh, sometimes comes good things. You learn more, unfortunately, in life from your mistakes and. and they got pounded at Kentucky, and you know it embarrassed the whole program. I think, and you know that's a learning—that's a, a learning tool for for Barnes and his coaching staff. You go back and look at that film, and there's not really much that they did right.
0: We're talking with Chris Dorch from the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. Uh, where can folks find your work?
2: Uh, Blue Ribbon Yearbook dot com. Uh, and uh, we've got a newsletter now. It's just blueribbon.substack.com, and there's a newsletter in our podcast up there.
0: Yeah, the podcast uh, you do with Kevin Ingram, right, from Vandy?
2: Kevin Ingram, my boy, he's now uh, joined the ranks uh, of uh, – I'll tell you what, when you ascend to uh, an SEC play-by-play, man, I've been kidding him, you become a legend. So uh, he grew up – this is really cool. Uh, K. Wood uh, was his idol. And, uh, you know, like every every kid, not everybody can do what you do, but, you know, kids that want to get into broadcasting aspire to your job. And uh, he, he couldn't get that. Uh, it, it's being done right, pretty well right now. Thank but uh, he got the Vandy job, and he really deserved it. A, a great guy, one of my best friends in the business.
0: Happy for him, too. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. More with Chris Dorch on the UK-Tennessee matchup tonight, and SEC hoops a little more into the league when we come right back. It's about 17 away from the top of the hour. Here on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. of no This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter, at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. We're chatting with Chris Dortch from... Blue Ribbon Basketball Yearbook, BlueRibbonOnline.com. dot um, Chris is, covers the entirety of college basketball through Blue Ribbon, but uh, has been a longtime follower on, on a uh, uh, extensive level on the SEC. Did a book called String Music on uh, SEC basketball, and there were some you know days in the '80s and early '90s, and you had you know Berkeley in person and. Uh, Ori and Spreewell and obviously all the guys at kentucky and just the league was really good and um, you know a few years ago there was a real push to improve the scheduling uh with all the money coming in they've hired much better you know coaches around the league and so um personally i think the big 12 is overrated i think the sec is the best league in the country this year um this i, I could see uh, you know sec teams making a lot of noise in the uh, big tournament in march
2: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, The the thing about the SEC is that for a couple of years now, and especially this this last recruiting cycle, um, you look around the league and and look at the four- and five-star players that were signed, not just Kentucky anymore, and they also dominated from the portal. If you look at, I mean, I would have never thought I'd see Kentucky start four players that began their careers at other programs. Or if you look at Auburn, uh, three of their uh, backcourt rotation, and in fact, the, the most important three other than Alan Flanagan, uh, who was hurt most, most of the early part of the year, started at other programs. Walker Kessler was a transfer from North Carolina. So, you know, good talent is coming into the league. I think you started to see, an improvement and an emphasis with the advent of the SEC network. Uh, I don't know why it took so long, but they finally, uh, CM Newton was doing it kind of on a consulting basis for years, but they finally decided to put a commissioner, an associate commissioner in charge of the game, advocated for the coaches, advocated for the league. And yeah, this, this is a golden era. Although I got to say, Tom, I've been doing some research for, for my own podcast. I'll lay a little bit of it on you. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Walker Kessler uh, got his second uh, triple-double of the year, and that's the last time that's happened since Shaq did it. Shaq had six in his career, uh, which I think is incredible. But, but I was looking up this this game uh, when they played uh, Loyola Marymount in 1990, The score was 148 to 141. They had Chris Jackson, Burnell Singleton, Shaq had 20 points, 24 boards, and 12 blocks. It's just incredible. So that was a a pretty good era, too. But I think on a national level, and the SEC proved it a couple of weeks ago when they beat uh, the the Big 12 in that little skirmish they have every year, that it's probably as good a league as there is at the moment.
0: You know, the uh, game in 90 uh, with Shaq and Stanley Roberts and uh, Jackson when um, uh, Patino's first year here at Kentucky, that's, uh, people will tell you, still one of the, the loudest games in terms of a crowd at Rupp Arena, especially sustained for an entire game as opposed to, you know, a moment. Um, that game where Kentucky beat them 100 to 95 uh, was just yeah, it, it was an like, incredible game.
2: It's it's funny how the game has evolved back and forth. You know, it, uh, there was high scoring games, and then they decided to let defense kind of take it over, and then they decided not to, and now uh, I heard Jay Billis say this the other night. It, it seems like the arm bars and the shoving and the grabbing are, are kind of have snuck their way back in, and the and the Scoring has dropped a little bit. I think the three point line, uh, being made, uh, extended out has helped that. But yeah, those days when, when Giants ruled the earth and, you know, scores were in the hundreds. I, I'll, I'll take that any day. Although I've learned to appreciate good defense, uh, because I think coaches in the SEC really stress that end of the floor. And I think that's another reason that they could potentially have a productive uh, uh, NCAA tournament is just because uh, all those games are rock fights. And when you're in a rock fight, you want to be able to make sure that you can defend your side of the court. And SEC does it really well.
0: You know, Kentucky, uh, I've said this before, I'll see if you agree that uh, you, you hear the phrase getting into the other team's legs with pressing teams a lot. And it, you know not a lot of teams press all out as they have at other eras in college basketball but I think Kentucky is is in a sense pressing for the entire game or most of it through the way that they play offensively because of wheeler
2: yeah there's no question I just finished my final five um, ballots for I have a I had a vote on the coozy award the last I don't know 15 years and he was on it and I know he went three games without making a shot. I don't care about that. Um, I care about that he's the maestro. And if you look at his assist to turnover ratio, it's two, 2.1. Last year, he, he averaged four turnovers a game. So Cal and his staff have, have really gotten that kid focused on what he needs to do. And he wasn't that concerned. I mean, he was concerned, but I don't think he was You know, going crying on his pillow that he wasn't making baskets because I think he had in that game in that three-game stretch he had 27 assists. So the tempo that Kentucky plays with, and this is why I've I've liked Kentucky. I don't know. Ever since the 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 calendar flipped, I've really liked Kentucky as, as a national title threat because of the fact that other than Gonzaga. Uh, They score in transition better than any team in the country. And they're also, and and you know this better than I do, one of their weaknesses has been traditionally over the years three-point shooting. Now they're leading the league in three-point percentage. They've got a killer in Kellen Grady who can make shots. So they've got ways to score the ball. And unlike Tennessee, which can get into these extended scoring droughts, they can use their transition, and it's just really hard to stop them. So I think uh, Wheeler has, has been a key cog for that. Uh, I don't care about his size. I don't care if he never makes a shot. He's the maestro, and uh, he made my final five for the Bacuzzi Award.
0: I wouldn't think there's probably a lot of people that can say this, point guards. He's had one game all season with more turnovers than assists. Uh, it was down at A&M when they threw some really aggressive traps at him that I don't think uh, he was ready for, so it it had several You know, they had to adjust in the second half. But um, that's a a pretty strong statement of of consistency for a guy who had a a higher turnover rate in his uh, two seasons at Georgia. Chris, appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you tonight.
2: All right, buddy. Take care.
0: It's Chris Norch, Blue Ribbon Yearbook online, or blueribbonyearbook.com. And you can uh, go there and subscribe to the newsletter and uh, catch the podcast. It is the Leach Report. And we're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And we will close out this edition of the show when we come right back. It's the Licks Report. And our mellow mushroom slice of Wildcat history. This is the day 1994 that Kentucky pulled off the Mardi Gras miracle down at LSU. Hope they don't have to win that way tonight. Down 31. Coming back to win with a barrage of threes against lsu in baton rouge and one wildcat birthday to celebrate todd lanter former wildcat celebrating a birthday today happy birthday to todd uh shannon and I were just chatting off the air um if you look at KenPom.com, he's you know has all these numbers and different things he's tracking uh, in terms of efficiency um he does score projections based on the matchup between the teams. He has Kentucky projected to win out in the regular season, starting with 71-70 tonight. And then the only other game that's uh, five points or less is uh, at Arkansas. He has them projected to win by five. But, again, these projections change from week to week depending on results. But uh, he's got him picked by one tonight. Tennessee's actually a one-point favorite, though, in this game. Should be a good one tonight in Knoxville. Tune us in on the U.K. Network, 9 p.m. Eastern time tip. Dick Gabriel, sitting in this chair to host tomorrow Thanks to talk about listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook